Did you know podcasts reach millions of people every month? Podcast advertising is a great way to reach new customers. In fact, you'll be speaking directly to them. Visit audiometric.io now to find out more. going to be a long episode yes and i made a comment uh a couple more paragraphs here but basically uh it was like uh, i'm foreseeing an episode filled with bad jokes the first thing out of his mouth is cracking a joke about needing some crackers to go with his tomato soup and i was like what no thank you exactly. <laughs> for saving my life <laughs> I really never thought I would give an episode a one. And you did. And I did. Wow. <laughs> Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B. Sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, listeners, to episode 37 of MassCast. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode review of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series. We really appreciate your participation in the MassCast podcast by voting in the polls and leaving comments on our website. We also welcome your interaction on the Agents of Mask social media, like Facebook and at Agents of Mask on Twitter. Also let us know what you think of MassCast by leaving a review in iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. We greatly appreciate that. Tonight we will be featuring a review of Panda Power, which will include our play-by-play commentary as well as some audio clips mixed in for your listening pleasure. Panda Power is episode 27 of the animated series and was originally broadcast on November 5th, 1985. In this episode, Venom steals panda bears in China, transports them to Easter Island, and it's up to Mask to remove the pandas from harm's way and defeat Venom. I am your host, Jason, as always, is with me my co-host, the luck dragon to my Atreyu. Turn around, look at what you see. Wyatt, how in the world of Fantasia are you? I'm fabulous, thanks for asking. Oh wait, man, wrong episode. <laughs> No, I'm doing great. That's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. I know you had a uh, giveaway not too long ago yes. on your Rediscover the 80s website. Yes, of course, we're, we're talking about the, uh, the never-ending story. I remember watching that as a kid, and it just terrifying me. The wolf. Um, yes. I, re- I remember it was a birthday party at a, at a friend of mine's uh, hunting camp his dad's hunting camp of all places to show that right yes yeah so we're out in the middle of the woods and uh <laughs> there's this you know wolf chasing people so 
it was it pretty much scared us to death but uh i've been i've been hesitant to show it to my boys just because of that factor kind of thrown in there and i don't know it's still a great movie and when i remember you know obviously from my childhood right i I enjoyed it uh it reminded me of a lot of a dog uh, a similar dog that i had growing up uh it just so i i i guess i simulated that was my dog just you know (laughs) 300 times bigger uh, but it was a fun movie, nonetheless. I still I remember, like you, were watching it as a kid. Um, well, it was one of those that we frequently watched for probably at least a summer, maybe longer, but at least a summer. It was one of those that we just we could watch. The Wolf, yeah, it spooked me a little bit, but I, I guess watching it a couple times, you figure out yeah, he's not so big bad after all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a good movie. I think it celebrated yeah. what the thirtieth year just not yep. too long ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, did turn thirty back in uh, back in July. So it's been a while since we've uh, we've been together. <laughs> yes, and we deeply want to apologize to all of our listener fans. Uh, we keep saying that uh, we'll get back onto the into the studio, and uh, it's four months later, we're back <laughs> and able to do this again. A, another apology out there. Um, life happens. That's probably the best way to put it. Life happens. Right. And there was some, uh, stuff going on in your life. Obviously, uh, well, not obviously I should say, uh, a lot of people didn't know that you were uh, working on your next rank and you finally achieved that, which is awesome. So that was a lot of the, a lot of the time too, to, to try to make that rank. Right. That was so, uh, quite a bit of it. The, uh, uh, if you're not familiar with military, at least the Air Force, uh, you actually have to do book work, study work to be promoted. And there's two tests. And I had to take both tests, 100 point each tests, uh, one on general Air Force knowledge, the history, the other on my actual job, which keeps getting more and more junk added to it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we used to joke that uh, we're becoming the jack of all trades, uh, master of none. So that's what it yeah. is. Um, but in any event, I was focused on that. Uh, I was also focused on finishing my bachelor's degree as well. So that was taking up another chunk of my time. So, uh, it, <laughs> and then you've got a little uh adam running around the house that too. is <laughs> true i got adam running around um several several nights he wouldn't get to bed till 10 30 11 o'clock at night and uh, jason's well aware but uh but i just don't function well recording wise after after about midnight is at least when <laughs> i figured that probably when i would have the dust would settle yeah, yeah. so um uh, well, it's understandable, and I'm sure everybody out there that listens to us will will understand that much. And kind of on my side, it's uh, we're back in school now. Um, Plus, you're still I, dealing with the newborn. Yes, we have a fourth grader, second grader, and nine months just turned nine months. So we uh, we we stay busy here, but hopefully, we've reached a point to where we can uh, we can start recording these more than just uh, every four months. <laughs> Or whenever we can make the time. I can't remember what the right. span was before that. It was. Yeah, it was much more before that. I think so. We'll see if we can get back in. But like Jason said, we're we're 
Exactly. We're trying to aim for a better groove if it's, uh, we don't know how frequent yet, but hopefully a little more frequent than once a quarter. <laughs> right, so. right. So, well, um, I wanted to briefly go through, we had been uh, going through our segment, what's happening in the mask community, and we'll, we'll keep that going. And uh, the big thing right now is we're, well, we're recording towards the end of August here, but um, we were approached, I guess, about the beginning of the month by Scott Crawford over at the uh, Mask Comics blog. And he was telling us that uh, he wanted to start uh, basically a Mask Day, which is the anniversary, you know, to celebrate the anniversary of the show, which it, uh, it first aired here in the U.S. And um, that date was uh, September 16. So we, along with uh, him and uh, MattTracker.com, BoulderHill.net, all of our friends we've uh, we've had on the show, uh, along with um, even Mask Ire, which is the uh, the Ireland group on Facebook, um, and plus another couple. Uh, I believe we have another couple uh, pages from Facebook and websites that are going to join us on September 16th and try to host some live events. Um, to kind of take questions from the fans, um, I think some people are going to be using their Facebook uh, for that. Maybe Twitter um, that you can uh, just interact and ask questions, and and also you know obviously put some special stuff up on our websites and uh, pages for uh, for the fans, so we can kind of celebrate Mass Birthday <laughs> essentially. Right, and so. we're we are working on trying to do a live. Mask cat. Uh, nothing's been concrete yet. <laughs> We've been trying we to beta testing. Right. And beta, yeah, that's a good that's a good term. Beta testing. I like that. And uh, we are doing our best uh, to make it a live event where we'll actually interact, hopefully with with you, the listeners, as well as our our, our mask colleagues, whether it's right. uh, Eric over Boulder Hill or or Scott. Uh, whomever we're trying to roll this into a live mass cast, uh, but like I said, we're 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 working out the kinks. We're beta testing, uh, so there's more information to follow on that. Right, right. We don't have anything kind of set in stone yet. I, I am getting a new laptop this week, which I can't wait to try out, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, to do a Google Hangout, which will allow people to throw questions at us and comment and. Uh, kind of listen to us live so uh we'll see if that will go as planned and uh, we'll let you guys know as soon as we know what day um, we're going to record and we'll try to have that released around the time for mask day for everybody to listen to so uh be ready for that we'll be uh like i said we'll be posting up some stuff on the blog and hopefully some videos on our youtube channel so if you haven't subscribed yet, go oh, click over to YouTube and uh, and find Agents of Mask there. And I'm hoping to be posting very soon my personal uh, collection that I took a video of. So hopefully yes. you guys will enjoy that in the uh, week or so to come. Um, also wanted to invite everybody to go over to the uh, actor polls. We've decided to recast our movie and... Um, what we're doing right now is just we have a we're, we're taking suggestions on basically on the Facebook page. I'm putting up a picture and you give me your actor choice for that person and uh, we're gonna 
put them all together in the polls we have 12 you pick up to four and then we're bringing over the winner from the last time we did this which was all the way back in 2011 and uh, we'll have a final ballot of five to choose from and then we'll be posting uh, those results um, up on our page on the uh, website the uh, movie pitch page for everybody to see and a uh, little insider note here I'm hoping that we've I've uh, uh, made contact with a, a person actually overseas that uh, is very good with Photoshop and uh, maybe we'll get the results kind of in a uh, in a fun you know photoshopped way <laughs> to put up there on the movie pitch page maybe you can see some of the people actually in a uniform or something I think that would be cool yeah so cross your fingers about that hopefully that will come through and then another announcement for us is uh, we finally uh, got our archive back up in iTunes, well, most of it. Um, basically, the last 30 episodes are back up in iTunes and in Stitcher. So if you use either of those two apps, you can go back and listen to uh, all the way back to, I think, MassCast 10. And uh, hopefully in the next weeks or so here, I'll be able to put in the... Uh, the older episodes. Right now, with this new s server host, I can't backdate episodes, which I would rather do that than just put them up as new ones. So, uh, once that becomes available, then we'll have everything back in there for uh, for you guys to listen. If you uh, do have one of those apps, Stitcher is still uh, it's still a good feed. Uh, you'll need to delete your current iTunes feed and grab the new one. We had to switch over our profile. So, if you will do that, and uh, if you while you're doing that, give us a nice little review. That would be cool. Just a couple more quick things. Uh, just a reminder to join the email list. You can just go to our site and uh, click join and get your email address there. And we send out these transmissions. I'm trying to do that at least every month with some uh, exclusive mask stuff in there. And it's also kind of our way to get the information out there first so the people on our email list gets that information before anybody else so please join that and um, if you're on tumblr um, I found a pretty cool mask uh, tumblr like photo blog it's at uh, masktoys.tumblr.com we don't have anything to do with it but it's updated on a regular basis and it's pretty cool what uh, they put up there they put the toys but they also mix in some cool mask stuff so anyway as jason mentioned uh, if you haven't caught it yet we've changed our website name we we were once uh really spelled out mobile armor strike command movie dot blogspot dot com we've decided to simplify it as well as become not just focused on our movie as much as we would love to promote it uh we are trying to reach out to the community and in doing so, we've called it agentsofmask.com. A simple uh, phrase, something easy that you can remember. Mask always had agents. We're all agents of mask. That's what we joke about off and on through the mask cast. So we thought it'd be a great thing. So um, you know, check us out if you haven't already, if you've been away from Facebook or whatever and you like mask cast or get your updates from mask cast, you know, check us out. Uh, it's all the same formats. We are putting our movie. We haven't 
uh, stop that by any means, but uh, we decided to incorporate, uh, well, fellow agents, fellow mask fans into a, to a basically a one-stop shop. Yep. Very well put. And uh, yeah, there's links up there. We have our quote-unquote objective with this new site up there, and um, our MassCast archive is actually on there as well. We've done some little merchandising uh, with some t-shirts and stickers and stuff. Um, if you want to check that out, I've also got the links to uh, the Matt Tracker and Boulder Hill stores, so you can go check those out as well on the in the merchandise section there on the site and and then your mass cast assignments I post up there for when we uh, review episodes and such to uh, connect to the polls and, and everything for that. So just, yeah, just if you haven't yet, I know it's been up for about four months now, but if you haven't explored the site, we, of course, invite you to do so at agentsofmask.com. So... I think that's going to about wrap it up of what's been going on. That's about four months worth, I guess. <laughs> I think about the four months, if not more. <laughs> so uh, are you ready to uh, to go rescue some pandas? I am ready to start the mass cast. We are fading into a backdrop of panda bears munching and doing their thing. And we come upon Matt and Andre uh, laser carving a panda bear statue, eagerly awaiting a grand opening of the preserve. With a baby panda walking up and hugging T-Bob's leg, our beloved but ever-confused robot asks, Hey, who let the pooch in here? That's not a pooch. It's a baby bear. I can't believe you don't know the difference between a dog and a bear. Well, you only taught me the bare necessities. <laughs> this is going to be a long episode. Yes, and I made a comment, uh, a couple more paragraphs here, but basically uh, it was like uh, I'm foreseeing an episode filled with bad jokes. <laughs> yes. But just as T-Bob and Scott are laying down for the evening discussing Scott's snoring, a gust of wind disrupts their conversation, leading them, as well as Matt and Andre, to explore. A once-noise-filled outdoors has now become eerily silent as Matt looks around with his flashlight. We hear a small rustle, and the panda cub runs out to Scott's arms just in fear. He sure is scared. So what are we supposed to do with him? You two can take care of him for now. Wonder what happened to his mom and dad. And then the next day provides us with a glorious look at a little more detailed Thunderhawk transformation, which was really cool, along with new sound effects. I actually welcomed these new sound effects. I'm usually uh, very pointed. Really? But I, I actually found them interesting. But, uh, we'll back up a second. I wasn't sure that pandas made noise, or at least that uh, much amount of noise, to uh, get them to uh, wake up in the middle of the night or whatever. Um, that kind of threw me for a loop. Right. I, I just don't see panda bears making noise. But I did not like the new sound effects. No. 
when we get the Thunderhawk taking off that next day, it just looked like stock footage. It looked like something they pulled out of, uh, you know, the intro or outro to the cartoon itself or something, because it was just all kind of flat. It looked like he was in the desert somewhere or whatever. There wasn't any, you know, kind of surroundings when he was taking off. And I don't know. It just didn't, did not, it felt lazy. <laughs> really? Because I, I guess maybe I wasn't looking at the background. I was looking at just Thunderhawk itself, and the translation to me was uh, a little more detailed. It was uh, basically it seems like they keep doing something more to the Thunderhawk, or maybe more detailed to yeah. Thunderhawk's transformation. And uh, I'm not one that likes change, but I do like that they keep changing these transformations. And yeah, so I mean, it's it's nice to keep it fresh, and I understand that much, but. It just, I don't know, for some reason it didn't didn't sit well with no. me. But okay. anyway, so we have Thunderhawk taking off with Matt and Scott and T-Bob and the uh, little cub bear that they found wandering out of the woods. Then they're in the passenger seat. Um, it's funny that um, Scott, you know, he, he gets strapped in with the seatbelt, but poor T-Bob, he doesn't have one, and he's on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, he hit some turbulence up there, and we're going to lose T-Bob out the door. Uh, it was kind of weird, too, to see them both flying in Thunderhawk. I don't know. I, there's been a couple episodes. Uh, there was one, I think, where they rescued them when they were falling off the cliff with Thunderhawk, you know, and they would be inside. But it just seems like once you're in jet mode, it's kind of a mission-type stuff, and they're they're just kind of getting from here to there, you know, right. in this episode. So that was kind of weird to me. But anyway, Scott's looking down at the ground, and he sees these, like, scrape marks just running along the uh, the grass where there's, like, just areas of just dirt. And uh, Matt, which he's in his business suit, he doesn't know or really can't explain uh, anything about the marks or even why the bears are missing at this point. Of course, T-Bob has to crack about it. Must be a bad case of pandemonium. Whatever it was, I'm going to get the bare facts. And this is where I made my <sighs> notes that this will be an episode full of bad jokes. See, I, I was even earlier than that when I, <laughs> when I started. Anyway, so they uh, they land and Matt meets Andre, the, uh, the artist there, the sculptor, as the uh, panda statue is loading onto a truck. And Andre drives away. In the truck to the uh, ceremony place where uh, they'll be uh, un- unveiling the statue. Uh, as he's leaving, a car pulls up and a man approaches Matt. Mr. Tracker, I'm Chin Ho, the National Wildlife Representative. Then you received my message about the missing pandas? My rangers report other panda nappings. They have searched both air and land. Only a few bears appear to remain in China. And Matt requests to basically get to the bottom of all the missing bears. Uh, the man who pulled up, he says he's in a hurry because he can't keep it a secret from the Chinese people for much longer. So as that happens, we cut back to Easter Island. And we see the pandas um, kind of all grazing there with uh, Mayhem and Dagger looking on. Mayhem explains that Venom will finally be immortalized. And after Dagger questions the meaning of how that's going to happen, Mayhem just 
calls him an idiot and <laughs> claims he's dreamed this for years. Right. Which we'll get to the mortalization is making uh, statues of them. Easter Island is famous for the, all those uh, st- statues there from the indigenous people. Right. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So he just wants a statue. That's all he wants. I thought um, it was money. I thought it was power. Exactly. I don't think he can make up his mind. Oh, just why? Kidding. Why do we care about panda bears and statues? Anyway, um, about that time we have Vanessa and Rex flying in with this dumpster-like contraption uh, on Manta carrying the bears. That's the last of them. Where's the sculptor? We couldn't get him in the open to scoop him up. What do you think he's gonna do? Give you a written invitation to kidnap him? Now go get him, and don't come back without him. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I did think it was unique. Uh, I thought Switchblade would have been more of a utility vehicle to do this with the dumpster, but uh, you know, yeah. we, we see the jets, so to speak, do more labor than it seems to be the helicopters. Right. But uh, anyway, back with our dynamic duo, T-Bob is getting tickled as Scott hotwires T-Bob to be an incubator with a kangaroo-like pouch in the front of him. As Matt and Andre go over to the statue one last time before the presentation, a large gust of wind comes on in which we see Manta is the culprit from it, and it's carrying that large container once again. It's lowered to the nose. I like it like i guess arms are extending it down it flies past the scaffolding knocking andre and matt off matt plummets to the ground without spectrum hand glider oh no what are we gonna do and we get the nail biting commercial break yeah that was i mean it was a pretty good scene as far as I didn't know what to expect going in as far as what they were gonna, what Venom was gonna try to do. Um, it was a decent scene, and again, there was the jokes came calling T. Bob a kangaroo bot, and uh, I think there was another joke in there somewhere about when he's sucking down the milk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about getting their own cow or something. I don't know. It was a, just <laughs> anytime Scott and T Bob showed up in this episode, it was I was rolling my eyes, <laughs> which is common with them. Yes, but at least there's usually something they're doing to kind of keep the episode going, and it just seemed like okay, so they're here and they got the baby panda and they're just cracking jokes, right? You know, the whole time. So. But anyway, so as we are left cliffhanging, literally, um, Matt falling towards the ground in the Tiananmen Square, Scott and T-Bob are looking on. Scott says to uh, T-Bob to help him push this convenient little cart of tomatoes underneath Matt. So Matt falls in, and of course... The first thing out of his mouth is cracking a joke about needing some crackers to go with his tomato soup. And I was like, what? No, thank you exactly. <laughs> for saving my life. <laughs> exactly. It was just kind of, you know, like kind of normal or something. No, you know, 
and just crack a joke and let's get on with it. And <laughs> well, that is the norm of the show. Typically, the the old please and thank yous aren't really that prominent through this. Yeah, it's always a joke. It's I know there's not much as far as the playing out the drama, so to speak. But anyway, but this leads us to our call up, and we have Alex and Bruce and Rhino. We uh, and it's I, I like this again. It seems to spell out why they're needed. Personnel selected. Alex Sector, computer and communications expert. Rhino Systems Commander. Animal expertise critical. Bruce Sato, mechanical engineer and design specialist. Vehicle code name, Rhino. Lifter mask and design skills essential. The next call-up is Honda with Firecracker. The computer spells out that the ATV may be necessary, and this is where we finally get the, like the certainty that Firecracker is a four-wheel drive truck. Yeah, it's kind of cool yeah. to learn. It was. I mean, this was a nice. Uh, this was a good point of one of the few good points for me of the episode that it. Uh, you know, it was really specific with why they were calling up each person. And I like that. I I I realize it's a cartoon, and they just you know put it all together. But I, I like the, I guess the adult added script, the how to yeah. and why that they put into. It seems to be the as the episodes go, they start thinking about this. And I like like you, I like this that there there's a specific reason why they're calling these people up, not just you know. Bruce is always on the mission, so let's just grab him again. <laughs> and we're always using Rhino, so I'll well, just bring the truck. I, I yeah. like this. Yeah. I just started going back through the the episodes again, actually, with the boys. And those first few, it just seems like they're calling up everybody. Right. You know, everybody, come on. We're just going to get everybody on the team to And I to can understand that in some way that they want to – and since there was no startup episode – they get to introduce their characters by just, you know, throwing them all at us. But there's no real purpose that they're there. Right. Now there seems to be an actual decent purpose. You know, they might need that ATV. They might need Lifter. Okay, that's better than, uh, we'll just bring Gator in. Who knows why? You know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we're surveying the scrapes with the team. Matt questions where the pandas could have been taken. With Alex confirming... Pandas are delicate. They rarely survive outside China because of their food source. Since most of the pandas are gone, Venom must have taken them to a place with a comparable food source. That could be the handle we're looking for. Inside Rhino's command center, they search for a large area for pandas to survive. This search ends up revealing Easter Island because of the large amounts of parsnips. As Bruce and Matt take to the air in Thunderhawk, they later discover that the pandas and Andre are on Easter Island. Yeah, and this is where Thunderhawk takes off again. It looked like the same footage from before. And again, I was like, this is lazy. (laughs) It was the same, I think it was the same sequence of it taking off, and it was in the, it wasn't any background. You know, a lot of the episodes you get kind of where they are and where, you know, the mission is and Thunderhawk taking off into the air. But it was that same same footage again. Right. Did you notice the um, blooper, though, in the voice? 
Yes, I did notice that with uh, with Matt and Bruce. Right, they're trying to go back and forth, but Doug Stone doesn't really flip the voice quick enough. It's Andre and the pandas. So as Thunderhawk arrives to uh, Easter Island and looks on, the screen from inside Thunderhawk, we see the pandas, we see the Venom agents, and we see this large kind of statue that looks like mayhem. And they zoom in. Uh, on the computer and they see Andre as well and this was a pretty cool part where they had both masks lower onto Bruce and Matt at the same time I had not remembered seeing that before I'd you know remember them coming down kind of one at a time when battles ensued before but I'd never seen like a wide shot of them both coming down at the same time so I thought that was pretty cool right Um, we cut over to Venom on the island Mayhem uh, tells Andre to hurry up because that really, you know, helps sculptors, I guess, to uh, <laughs> to hurry up their work. Um, as he's sculpting the statue, he spots Thunderhawk, and Mayhem says he was wondering when Mask would get there because I guess Easter Island is so accessible. Um, I did. I guess I didn't understand that as well, and you know, I had to go back and and like go onto Wikipedia and look. And see where exactly Easter Island was, you know, compared to China. It's out in the middle. I mean, it's part of Chile. Oh, wow. Actually. <laughs> over in South America. So it's in the middle of nowhere. Right. In the Pacific. Um, but what and, we missed here, uh, if I may interrupt, we missed sure. um, the transport plane uh, coming in for landing with Bruce uh, sliding out from underneath Thunderhawk, uh, saying that he's all finished. And then we next see Rhino and Firecracker exiting the plane. Scott is excited to see his dad. Dad! How was your flight? Bumpy, old chap. And no first-class accommodations. The baby panda loved it. He slept almost all the way. Like a real baby. Yeah! Now he's going to be wide awake all day. It's all part of being a mother, T-Bob. Cheer up, T-Bob. I wanted you and Scott to come here so we can reunite him with his mom and dad. Typically, Scott is told to stay back at the hotel or stay home or wherever. So now he's actually allowed to be there for this mission and to help them reunite the panda cub with its mother. In harm's way. Right. Exactly. (laughs) On top of that, what I thought was kind of interesting here, uh, again, I'm probably getting too technical here, but a forklift which is automated, or at least appears like it's automated, brings out a large crate. It drops it and goes back to the transport plane. And Matt introduces it as the Panda Power. Uh, He simply calls out to Bruce. Bruce uses Lifter to place Thunderhawk atop of this box. And then the car, which is supposed to be a jet, needs a runway to take off. (laughs) Just boom, like a Harrier jet, and takes off. Yeah. So uh, I didn't like that either. I didn't like it, and you know, all these years since I have not watched it, I mean, even prior to uh, us going back to the, to the set that we bought uh, for the script, that was one of those that must have just didn't mix well in my head for all these years from the last time I watched it back in the 80s as a kid to then, it didn't sit well. That was one of those that got ingrained. Like, it's not a Harrier. Yeah. So... Uh, well, it was 
the whole kind of secretive, oh, this is pen to power, you know, kind of thing. I, I don't know. I didn't see that it was really necessary with the episode. I mean, they explained before, even before the, uh, the mask plane landed about the predicament of trying to rescue Andre without hurting the bears that are there kind of scattered all over the place. So, you know, they come up with this, Matt gets this idea that he calls Panda Power, which we have no idea what this thing is. Um, but I don't know. It just seemed a little overly secretive. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, it, to turn out, it's just this, you know, crate, and we're trying to figure out what's going on here. But So anyway, Matt, you know, they take off in the air with this crate. Um, we cut back to the statue. Mayhem's statue is finally complete. Well, that about does your statue, Mayhem. Can I be next? Stop pestering me. You're like a flea on a dog. But you said my statue was next. I'm next. Ladies before... whatever. Why were you first? Because we're not going in alphabetical order, you stupid twit. This time we get Thunderhawk coming in again with this... I don't know. It's just kind of this like wind howling sound effect that I did not like. Um, it almost sounded like a car window yeah. at seven miles an hour. You know, I noticed it's that. Yeah, whooshing. I don't know. It sounded like it was gliding almost. There wasn't that jet engine that you get usually right. with Thunderhawk. It was more just like a gliding sound. But anyway, Thunderhawk uh, comes in close. Uh, Vanessa kind of wonders what's in the crate. Wonder what the crate's for. I always thought their vehicles were a bunch of crates. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I kind of found that funny <laughs> when they uh, were kind of mocking the mask vehicles. But finally, the crate drops and it smashes to the ground. We see it's just basically full of panda food. Right. The uh, parsnips or whatever that they were basically known for eating. And. I've never seen Panda Stampede before, but they did, <laughs> you know, right towards this crate of food, which I guess the reason why they took them to Easter Island in the first place was supposed to be because their food was there right. to sustain them. But apparently a large pile of it is pretty attractive. Um, <laughs> Venom heads for the vehicles and we get this epic battle. Right. Miles launches a missile. Warning. The next one's gonna give you a flat top. And then we get started into the quips. Hondo starts quipping. Looks like the animals got out of the zoo. And as they run head on with Jackhammer and Piranha, Hondo uses the hypno headlights to make Dagger fall asleep at the wheel, crashing and wrecking <laughs> Jackhammer, which I thought was actually pretty comical. Okay, Venom. I want you to keep your eyes on mine. <laughs> What's happening? I'm getting drowsy. I'm being hypnotized. Rhino bulldozes Manta, rolling it over, then hitting it again, flipping it over, and it ejects Vanessa, who squirms off. I'm getting out of here. Uh, Thunderhawk and Switchblade have a good... I actually was impressed. It was a good air-to-air battle. 
which shot deserves another. All the missiles from Switchblade that Matt blasts with Thunderhawk rains shrapnel down on Rax, which makes him run away as well. But he ends up hitting the nails from the broken crate. And once again, poor Rax can't stay on the bike. He ejects <laughs> off of Piranha. into the, the tire. Yeah, he's thrown into the leaves where the pandas are grazing. And then he runs off scared. It just wouldn't be a mask episode if Rax didn't wreck. Right. I know. <laughs> I, I guess that's the gag to do now. <laughs> the animators must have had fun with that each week. All right, we got to think of a way of Injecting Rax him. to crash yeah, in this episode. Uh, we'll throw him into a box of food. Uh, right. <laughs> get the pandas to chase him. Anyway, yeah, that was kind of a... Well, actually not at that point, but... um. After Mayhem picks up the other agents, and we see the pandas then chasing after Rax, and they claw his <laughs> the back of his pants, and we see his wonderful uh, heart, heart boxers yep. <laughs> as they uh, as they fly away. Venom's escaping. We've got to let them go, Bruce. We have to take care of the pandas. And then we see uh, Scott and T Bob showing up, and they reunite the. Panda cub with its parents. Right. And one panda starts to lick T-Bob. I think you've been adopted, T-Bob. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't even have fur. Scott, you've got to help me. Want some panda candy? I'll make you a trade. <laughs> oh, brother. That's the end of the episode. Which brings us to our PSA. And we see that the duo are pruning a tree to build a treehouse. I build the world's greatest treehouses. Famous last words. A child comes up and grabs a stick and begins to run off while Scott begins to lecture him on why it's not safe to run with sticks. Which uh, marks the end with uh, T-Bob falling out of the tree. The, and Scott just shrugs it off. Yeah, at the end. yeah. I um, <sighs> exactly. That's probably the best way to phrase it, right there. <laughs> uh, Didn't really mesh in with the episode. Well, there was leaves. Doesn't that mesh in there somehow? <laughs> That's about all I got. You're pulling strings. On I am. <laughs> Um, grasping for um, grasping for something. <laughs> yeah, grasping at the leaves. Uh, no, uh, there was no relevance to it. It was a weak PSA. I, I guess they had to fill the thirty seconds. I don't know. Um, but it was like I said, it seemed weak. But I, there was a message there. Don't run with sticks. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> um, so, uh, including our. Ever informative PSA. How did you rate this episode? I'm almost afraid to ask because I I could already. (laughs) I've already. It's sort of like because of the bad jokes. I can sense the future of the rating. I think it's going to be a two. (laughs) Not sure you want to know. I, you know, I don't know what episode it was. We we talked about you know the rating system and. I really never thought I would give an episode a one. And you did. And I did. Wow. 
I'm talking about that before in the rating system. A one was truly an episode that I do not think blended in very well with the overall concept, and that would be one that I would steer everybody clear of if they wanted to watch Mask for the first time, you know. And there was just so much that I did not like about this episode. I I don't know. There were some good things. The, you know, the good things we talked about were the computer adds the detail to why it chose the agents. Um, it was good seeing more of the mask plane and the animation with the landing gear coming down and the cargo doors opening. The interaction we know that has its own uh, little forklift. Um, so that was kind of good that we got to see a little bit more of that. And uh, I did like it when... Uh, Manta got battered by Rhino and actually flipped over. I thought that was a, a pretty cool uh, scene, just with the battle and stuff. Right. But you know, I again, I'm not sure why they chose Easter Island for this, and maybe I am over analyzing it too much. But it's pretty much one of the most remote inhabited places in all of the Earth. Okay, you know, I talked about it was like it's actually owned by Chile in the middle of the Pacific, so why the hell would you waste all that fuel transporting <laughs> bears over... I actually looked on Google Maps. It's 10,000 miles over water <laughs> from China to Easter Island. I just could not see that. Um, well, maybe they used a magnum bowl. But, and th- there was never really... Except, why were, they, except, why you were know, they taking the pandas in the first place? They were cute and cuddly. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so uh, and then the the you know the whole purpose for them going to Easter Island, not just with the panda bears, but it was to be immortalized for all eternity, you know. So why would you choose to be immortalized in one of the remote places on Earth where nobody's going to see your statue ever? You know what I'm saying? Aliens. <laughs> if, why don't you just like you know they kidnapped the Statue of Liberty, they should have just, you know, made a Miles Mayhem out of the Statue of Liberty or something where you're going to see it and you're going to, like, make an impact on people's lives, not in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that nobody ever goes to. Right. Anyway, that's my little rant about being on Easter Island. And and then I didn't like the stock footage of Thunderhawk. We went through that, and I didn't like the new sound effects. They just didn't match up very well with me to what we've been used to for 26 episodes, you know, and now they try to do Spectrum Hang Glider with the, <laughs> what that would sound like as Thunderhawk. I don't know. Anyway, the, uh, I didn't like that their watch, when they got the signal to go, you know, assemble, it was just a flashing light. We didn't get the little logo. Right. And they used a different sound effect this time, which they've done before, but I just didn't really like it. And that 27 episodes in, and they're still, I don't know. It was lazy to me. <laughs> and then, you know, we talked about the voice hiccup with Matt and Bruce where Matt exclaims, it's Andre. And then in the voice that sounds like Matt, Bruce says, and the pandas. So, right. And, of course, the PSA was just occasionally we get, well, more than occasionally, we get PSAs that have something to do with what happened in the episode or they pick up where they left off or whatever, you know. Right. But after all of that, okay, here is the icing on the cake that made this thing a one for me. The uh, the WTF moment I had <laughs> after I finished the episode 
and I finished my notes, and I sat down, and I thought to myself, what the hell happened to Andre? We never saw him again after you know Venom fled to their vehicles before the battle. They just leave him clinging to a statue somewhere. <laughs> he wasn't in any of the final shots with Mask. Um, the whole point of going back was to rescue him as well. But I guess the Panda reunion was more important. <laughs> I guess so. Than, than uh, saving a human life. So that was the final straw for me. I was teetering, and then when I thought of that, I was like, no, it's one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after I've uh, put it through the ringer, let's hear what you chose. Well, it, it was a difficult rating for me. Uh, not quite as brutal as you, um, but it was still hard for me to, I guess, make it a definitive. What I mean is I had a good solid 3.5. I'm going to round it up to four. That's what I voted for in in the polls. But it, I was hard-pressed to go any higher than 3.5, to be honest. It, the lame jokes, what we're used to, but it seemed to be a little extra serving this episode to me. Yes. Uh, the one vi- voice mistake, it happens. I, I guess that one was just little things to me. Yeah, it's a, it's more of a tick. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. I wasn't like you. I I saw that Andre kind of just fell off the radar after they got reunited. Uh, Venom runs away too quick. We're seeing a trend here with that, but still, they run away just a little too quick. Um, What did they have to fight for? A a statue? Come on. Yeah, really. Um, (laughs) I didn't see the uh, what looked like reused animation. I, I just didn't see it, but what I liked about the episode, I liked the Thunderhawk transformation. It seemed like it was a newer one. I liked it. I did like the sound effects, although that didn't really sway me much, but I liked the one sound effect they had for the transformation. I uh, thought it was kind of funny. I uh, like you seeing Manta being flipped over by Rhino. I actually liked that. I like seeing the bulldog in, in Rhino, if you will, being just yeah. shoving things over. That's the way it should be. The plot was, I can't make it okay, and I can't make it okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, that's what why I wrote on a three. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get above it. What gave it a little oomph was probably the what I liked about it, the the, the little uh, Thunderhawk transformations. I did like the suspense of Matt falling on the commercial break. That was a good suspense. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, and it was a technicality, but the the whole Thunderhawk with the box underneath it and then taking off, I realized it's a cartoon. I shouldn't be overthinking it, but it, it just did not make sense to me. It was a technicality. It got, got me. Um, we should be allowed to overthink these things because we're, you know. We're, yeah, we're looking back on it. But... Um, <laughs> We're not kids reviewing True. it anymore. And I guess the one other thing that helped it nudge it was that the call-up, the actor specifically called out what they needed. Like we said earlier, it's not the throw them in there and whoever's powers we need, we got them. If we don't, well, thanks for showing up. So uh, <laughs> so that's mine. It was a 3.5 solid. I couldn't do any more, but 
I do believe in the rounding up theory, so it's it is a four yeah. on the poll. But if we could do a three point five, I would have stuck with that. Gotcha. Uh, so that's that's what I got. Did you happen to catch any similarities in this to our nothing. movie script? Absolutely nothing. And I usually and I find something. I, I usually dig something, and uh, I actually did not find anything at all. That's as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mask has 74 episodes, not 75. <laughs> no, that's bitter. <laughs> that is bitter. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just really don't want to take anything away from this <laughs> this episode. What's to take uh, away, according to you? <laughs> yeah, true. I This has been the worst, in my opinion, since we started rewatching these. So... Even even uh, worse than Dinosaur Boy, which I wasn't too fond of either. I think I gave that one a two. But um, wow. yeah, let's see what else uh, some other people had to say. First, the poll. People were mainly torn about this episode. Uh, we did get four votes for a five. We got your vote for a four. Four votes for three, and four votes for one. So. You average that out, it's probably in the three range, a little above the three range there. So that was the poll. Um, we did get three comments on the blog, so let's go through those and uh, let's see what other people had to say about that. Let's start with... Eric at boulderhill.net. Uh, yes. He says, boy, what an episode. I could probably write an essay about this, but I'll try to keep it brief. For me, that is. First... I will give the episode credit for some good animation. The use of stock footage was limited. However, what was the plot of this episode? Miles wanted a statues? That is one of the lamest Venom objectives to date. Also, did, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> also, did anyone notice the only reason Mask can locate Venom is because they kidnapped the pandas? If they had just kidnapped the sculpture, Mask would have no leads and all the statues could have easily been finished. There were also numerous audio issues that bugged me. They seemed to sync the wrong background music a bunch of times, most notably on the agent call-up. They also have a line where Bruce speaks, but it's Matt's voice. It's not a new joke for Mask, but any episode where Sly gets harassed by the wildlife makes me laugh till I hurt. Seeing his heart-printed underwear was especially funny. This episode had some major issues, but for some reason, I liked parts of it a lot. I voted for three. P.S. Matt going to Tiananmen Square had to be eerie for someone besides me, right? Yeah, that's, if you remember back in, what was it, 89, which would have been, you know, several years after this episode is where they had those riots and oh, that's true. Yes. people were killed and yeah, that was a, it's a notorious location nowadays for for history buffs but then, yeah i i can kind of agree with what eric said uh for the most part there and uh let's next we'll go on to our buddy anna who was always faithful to uh write a review i think this was an okay episode but not one of the best at first i didn't understand why venom needed the pandas but they simply wanted to use them as protection from being attacked this seemed like a really bothersome way of protecting yourself. Also, it was the fact that they had the pandas that made Mask discover them so quickly, and the bears were quite easy to lure away. There were a couple of good Vanessa scenes in this episode. I like it when she blows exhaust on Mayhem and Dagger. That was good. 
And of course, there is her priceless line, ladies before whatever, <laughs> to Dagger, which is probably the best line coming from anyone in this episode. The only reason why Mask lets Venom go at the end is the way I see it, that if Venom gets caught, there wouldn't be any more episodes. That is true. <laughs> the pandas could always have waited. They weren't in any immediate danger. Matt would, of course, also never have survived the fall into the tomatoes in the real world. But I chose not to put too much emphasis on this because it's simply the way cartoons are like. So, sound like she might have been in that three range. Yeah, I would, I would speculate that's probably where she was. But yeah, good comments. Uh, I did get a good chuckle when, when uh, Vanessa did blow the exhaust on Ma'am and Dagger. That was actually funny. Yeah, it was a little payback for kicking her boyfriend in the butt there. That's true. <laughs> boyfriend, I say. I don't. We all have our theories, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And we'll close <laughs> out with William Crawford. This is our good buddy from Scott, actually from yeah, yeah, from Scott, Mass Comics from Mass Comics. As Anna says above, there was no reason for kidnapping the pandas other than for protection. Therefore, it was a pretty lame plot. I also feel that given the seriousness of the missing pandas, there seems to be a lot of poor taste bear jokes. I think the plot is more about getting the jokes in rather than actually anything else. It also seems pointless carving statues of yourself, but surely Easter Island is a bit out of the way. Who's going to see them? Well, Jason brought up that good point, too. Yes, we're on the same wavelength there. Then we come to the box scoop on Manta. I can find the idea of a Nissan ZX turning into a jet and flying, but with a big box on it, then the large gouges in the ground that seemingly Manta helped scrape up the pandas. Hmm, the gouges were far larger than the box, and Manta combined. And where did all of this dirt go? That's a good point. Where did it go? (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they're adding to the island. You know. It could have been. <laughs> Am I the only one who found the whole crate attached to Thunderhawk both ridiculous, refer back to my Manta comments, and perhaps a bit precognitive? It's almost as if one of the writers heard a rumor of a toy crate that was going to turn into a plane, and the rest, they say, is Hornet. Hmm. That's the laser command toy he's yeah, referring yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Even Miles makes a jibe about masked vehicles being old crates. Well put. Um, I know that was uh, a sore spot with me for technicalities for the, for the box underneath Thunderhawk. I did not think um, or put too much thought, I guess, into the gouges being larger than the box or Manta. But, so, but that's a good eye, Scott. Yeah, I didn't notice that either, the comparison between the two, really, and even with the agent standing there and trying to figure out what was going on, probably could have seen that it was <laughs> way too big for that little dumpster they had tied to the top of Manta. Right. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's, uh, I guess that's going to about do it then. Well, for, we have uh, a shout out. Didn't we get a comment on Facebook or something? Well, we did. We did. Um, we did get a shout out from a guy named Stuart Aspinall. He sent us a message on Facebook um, after hearing the uh, first series comics uh, podcast we did with Eric and said, just like to express my gratitude for the latest mass cast. I thoroughly enjoyed it and look forward to future episodes. Many thanks. So 
thank you, Stuart, for that. And uh, like I said uh, to Wyatt before we went on the air, we'll try to give some shout-outs to, uh, to people who chime in like that and enjoy the show. We appreciate your feedback. Right, so and, please uh, send the comments, uh, Facebook, Twitter, even the web page. You know, put it on the comment section. We'll we'll gladly uh, uh, read it on the air. Right, just for clarification too, that where these uh, three uh, reviews came from was the was our website, the blog post for the episode. Right. So, watch the episode and leave a quick little review there, and we'll read it on the air when we get to recording. But uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about our the next episode will be coming up. Like Wyatt said before, we're going to try to do a live episode coming up soon. But um, after that, we'll be diving back into the animated series, and it will be episode 28 called Blackout. And then this episode features Venom using a new vehicle called Blackout, which is capable of draining power supplies. So that should be uh, interesting, and I, this might be the episode where we get our new vehicle, um, where we get Hurricane. I could be I, wrong. I know it's pretty soon. Yeah. So I'm also thinking once we get uh, once we get Hurricane and we lose Firecracker, maybe we'll uh, we'll do a podcast on the Series Two toys, like we did for Series One. Right. We can just take a podcast and talk about the toys so that's uh that'll be coming up and uh just a reminder to visit us at agentsofmass.com and uh check out the new feed on itunes and the uh repopulated feed on stitcher and please make sure you uh leave a comment there a review uh, just even if it's just a click a star rating that's that's fine any little bit helps to uh to get the word out right and that just about wraps it up for MassCast and I, we want to uh, again thank you send you much gratitude for listening to our episodes again we apologize for the lengthy delay but we will be looking forward to our next MassCast MassCast those morons I can never count on them when I need them I'll find another island, Mass. You'll see.